Welcome to episode 73 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, we talk about the January market reports. This is important because we're going to be adjusting our margins, looking into how we did last January compared to this January, and what that also tells us about the future of investing in real estate in Oklahoma City when you're talking about buy and holds and flips. We're going to get into that today. Also, some local news. We're going to be talking about some of the Maps 4 drama that's uh, come up uh, to get us kind of a little bit more involved in where that money is being spent and how it's being spent so that we can have a city that is designed for all income classes and all individuals. That coming up on today's episode. From the middle of America, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show, covering local market data, news, and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top Realtor, investor, husband, father, and veteran. Here is your host, Landon Witt. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit okcrealestateshow.com. Okay, welcome back. First, we're going to jump into the metrics of January, but I'm going to bring this in contrast with the um, last year and then some metrics we're going to look even further back to kind of understand where we're going. Um, In hindsight, the 60 to 110 range still at bare bottom month supply. I want to bring that up in for like the Northwest City core, as well as in Oklahoma City, when I look at um, our month's supply of inventory going from, let's see where we're at, um, 60,000 to 110, look at that, right in at uh, less than a month. For Oklahoma City in general, for the whole Oklahoma City, we're looking at a half, six months inventory. This is important because this is the inventory. If you're doing a Burr method, which is the buy, rent, or excuse me, buy, renovate, rent, and repeat. If you're doing that metric to try to build equity and have cash afterwards so you can re- continue to buy more rental properties, this is the metric that you're looking at. We're not seeing uh, inventory on both sides. We're not seeing this is looking at actual closings that are happening from core logic. We're just not seeing the inventory there. So we're down low, okay, half a month's of inventory, which means in two weeks, three weeks, if another property didn't come on, there'd be nothing for sale in that price range. Uh, that's what that month's supply means. Moving up to the 225 to 299 range, seeing similar, very, very little gains there. So if you're buying in the 100 and you're planning to sell in the 225s or even that 150, planning to flip that property, get into the 225, look at that. We've got uh, 2.3 months supply of inventory in Oklahoma City, which if you are watching the YouTube channel, you can see this chart here. Uh, we basically compared to the last three years. So three years ago, we were at three and a half months of inventory in the 225 to 300 range. Today, we're looking at 2.3. That means only 2.3 months uh, supply. Uh, If nothing came on the market, again, we're completely running out. Let's look at that total closed sales volume. Okay, right here, we were at, 
let's see, uh, compared to last year, January last year, we had 38 closings. We're looking at 50 closings. So we got, let's see, month supply. Yep. So we're looking at we're looking at more closings in, in in total, but the supply's lower, which is showing us that we have increased demand. Okay, so let's look at uh, let's go ahead and look at our price per square foot that breakdown. Just in January last year, Oklahoma City in the price point of two twenty five to three hundred was one twenty five per square foot. This January, we're looking at one twenty three per square foot. So we did definitely do a slide there on the per square foot range. When we look at the Northwest Oklahoma City core, though, okay, that's that Northwest, that's that number one quadrant we talk about. We went from $131 per square foot to now we're at $139 per square foot. Again, that's January last year compared to January this year. That's looking at uh, a 6.1% increase in appreciation per square foot. Okay. We're normally a linear market in at three. We're double that now. So we're at generally three. Now we're at six. So when you're doing your metrics, you're, you're, you're double what you could have done last year. Okay. Understand that. That's, that's a key important uh, concept there. When we look at days on market for that inventory, last January, 84 days, guys, 84 days in the 225 to 229 was our median time on market. This year, this last January, we're looking at 33 days. Huge differences, huge differences. This is speaking to the market has changed from a seasonal where we go through these winters where nothing's happening to a lot of action going on in the winter, which means people are moving here year round. Okay, we've seen a really light winter this year, which has really helped. So if you're thinking about waiting until summer to finish your flip or you've got a project that you're working on and you're kind of stalling to get to the summer months, data's showing it's not going to matter. In fact, as soon as we got into February of last year, we were already at a fraction of where we were in January. January was like 84 days on market, Northwest Core, and we're at 25 come February. So I expect to see that same thing. Uh, now, if we look at December, December, people were trying to get in for Christmas. We had nine days on market average. I mean, really moving and shaking there. Four days on market in the Northwest City Core for October, going into 30 days on market with the entire MLS from 225 to 300. So if you've been putting in bids in the 250 range, if you're a buyer and you've getting beat out or the property's not staying on the market, this is why we really have that inventory. Now, moving up to that 300 to 400 range, seeing some definite changes. For those that are watching, we've got a tremendous increase in days on market in the 300 to 400 going into that January. December, right? December, entire MLS was 37 days on market in the 300 to 400 range. Northwest City Core was 31 days on market. Moving to January, we come to a creeching halt at 88 days on market average, which means that a lot of the properties weren't available in January. There probably wasn't a whole lot of inventory. I think if we look at um, new listings, 
new listings. January, we had uh, nine <laughs> come on the market in the Northwest City Core from 300 to 400. Let's see how many closed sales we've got. We had one, one closed sale in the 300 to 400. So when you're doing your flips, and you're coming out and you're doing your, mar your, your metrics and you're going, well, we're going to be in that 300 to 400 range. You might rethink the design or rethink the investment and, and get you back under that 300 threshold. That's a huge income determination. You got to think your buyer is making, needs to make three times, uh, the, you know, one third of what their house is worth. So if they're making $100,000 a year, generally they can afford up to $300,000 house. Okay. That's just your rough metrics on there. So three times what they make. So if they make $80,000 or $50,000 a year, you're looking at $150,000 max purchase price. Look at your average wage uh, growth in this the city and that's going to show you where your biggest uh, buyers are. Moving onward to the 400 to 600 range. Entire MLS for month of January. Let's look at days on market. Days on market, 31. 31 median days on market and 36 median days on market. Okay, if your property is priced between 400 and 600 and you're in the Northwest core, you're probably doing okay. Okay, if you're looking at Oklahoma City in general, the whole Oklahoma City wide, we're looking at 44 days on the market for January last year. This year, 71 days on the market was the average of properties coming off. Now, let's look at new listings compared to, to last January. New listings for Oklahoma City was 23, okay? For Oklahoma City this January was 32. So we had more listings, less closings this January. All in all though, I'm I'm not concerned about a 32-day on-market window in the 400 to 600 range. Let's look at price per square foot. Price per square foot Oklahoma City core last year from the 400 to 600 range was at $170 per square foot. This January, we launched up into the 228 range on the median, okay? Big gaps and changes. Now, we also saw $230 per square foot coming out in March, okay? Just to kind of understand, so the 200 price, $200 per square foot, especially in the Gatewood Plaza area, not uncommon to see those 200 plus square foot uh, prices. Now let's get into that 300 to 400 price point. We're looking at capping out in the Northwest City Core at 180. Oklahoma City in general, $130 per square foot. We're just not getting over that. In the 225 to 300 range, $152 per square foot is our top for last year, for this last year. January, we're now down at $139 per square foot. So between $140 and $150 per square foot is where your 300 and 200 to 300 range is going to fall. Going down to the affordability index, we're seeing from 60 to 110 for you guys getting the Burr method, or maybe you're buying a property that is that is um, you're you're wanting to see what you can maybe bump it from a 120 to a 225 property by doing those upgrades, doing those renovations. You're looking at your price per square foot last January, $74 per square foot. This January, $87 per square foot. Okay, that's a big metric change when you look at the percentage. 
big percentage increases. Um, and that scales out really well. I'm going to pull up this chart for uh, the five year. And I want you to look at the price per square foot we're jumping around. But look where we're at. We're almost where we were in August of two, uh, August of two, 2018. In Northwest City Core, we were at $88 in the affordability index. And now we're at 87 in January, which is, which is a forecast of prices are going to keep increasing in the affordability. I'm talking 300 and down. We're going to leave that 250 and down. Your price per square foot is going to keep climbing. So buying those properties at 115, good bet. Because you're seeing a lot of competition in that. We sent off another offer today that had, you know, three, four, five, six, seven offers against it in the 115, 130 range. Packages, $300,000 packages having three different properties in there or two and a half properties in there. You've got guest houses, this kind of thing, or duplexes, that, that, that's to mention that. So market-wise, we're looking good. This is, this is for you flippers going into the year. You understand that? Now I want to get into some news here. OKC Talk released a statement basically saying a $4 million pedestrian way proposed for the convention center. And I really didn't think much of it until I opened the article and I saw what was going on here. We have, again, for those watching the show, um, you can see on the screen here, we've got this pedestrian walkway, right, between... It's a pedestrian walkway between Omni Hotel downtown and the convention center. The Omni Hotel privately owned, the convention center city owned. So they have decided that they need to shade this area. So they're going to shade the area. They're going to put, uh, you know, benches and this kind of thing. And the total for that came out to be $4 million. When I saw that, I'm trying to understand why in the world are these fancy dancy uh shades that they've constructed which is just like these metal poles that end up going out to these like little tree branch looking things and then they've got this shade thing over the top of them and four million dollars for this interesting i'm not sure that makes a hundred percent sense to spend four million dollars on tree branch shade little things um to cover the walkway between the two. So something's off there. Um, so I was reading uh, the Twitter page of Joe Beth Hammond, who is a uh, city council member. Just interesting. She said, today, council passed a resolution to create the MAPS 4 advisory board. The MAPS is what's paid for the convention center and all that. And also is what now MAPS 4 is what's paying for the, our MAPS 3 paid for the convention center. MAPS 4 is going to pay for the next projects. It's the same program. Voting for the sub project subcommittees, the resolution to create the subcommittees, she objected she objected to the process of putting forth the resolution as well as some of the language included, so voted no on it. She goes on to state how the process has been rushed, and now she's urging individuals to get involved in these subcommittees. Because the one you just shared, which doesn't surprise me, about 90% um, you know, of our boards and commissions being white, um, probably a similar number being male. Uh, it's like 70%. Yeah, and and a and you couldn't probably easily ascertain this by looking at people, but 
I would suspect seven, some number between 70 and 90 is how is the percentage of people who come from Northwest Oklahoma City. Now, obviously, a, you know, I don't know what, at least half the city doesn't live in Northwest Oklahoma City. Um, and you layer on top of that our, our shifting demographics of, you know, 60% of our kids are non-white and obviously a, a, a also a significant portion of our, uh, of our adults are non-white as well. And so you've got half a population is female, you know, 40 to 60% and it's growing of our population is minority and half our city doesn't live in Northwest Oklahoma City, but our decision-making process is clearly driven by white males from Northwest Oklahoma City. And there's a place at the table for white males from Northwest Oklahoma City, of course, but we've got to build a bigger table and we've got to have, um, you know, more participation and we've got to go out and really invite people, you know, not everybody, when you've been kind of shut out of the process for a hundred years, you've stopped knocking on the door, you know, and so I, I really think that my campaign laid the groundwork where I built a network of people that now I can go reach out to who might have never known there was a board of adjustment, you know, or known to ask or thought that that was important or something that they should be a part of or that they should be representative of a community that needs to be a part of. Um, and so, but that, that boards and commissions appointment process is one of the ways that I as mayor can influence the decision-making process. And, and it is important for our city's future, even if it's kind of under the radar and there's not enough reporters anymore to cover all those board meetings or to, or to talk about even the appointments to any great extent. But it's happening. It's, it, just because it's under the radar doesn't mean it's not important. And um, it's one way I can substantively impact the decision-making process in our city and make it more diverse. And not just ethnically diverse, but bring gender diversity and geographic diversity and age diversity as well. I, I didn't run through that, but I would suspect the, the boards and commission appointments that you observed are also skew heavily older, you know. And we have a youth culture in Oklahoma City, and we have a younger generation, and you know as well as I do that they're active on social media, but we've got to pull them into the process where things are really happening and where decisions are really being made, you know. It's um, a comment made on Twitter doesn't have much of a shelf life, you know, but, uh, but a comment uh, or a vote cast in a board and commission has real substance to it, and that's what we need. We need to transfer those that, that passion over to where it can do the most good. I'm going to put a link on the bottom of here. So if you are the type of person that is someone that understands city, right? You understand community. You understand what people might need. If you're a normal person that, that has the availability to be a, called upon for these these meetings, which usually are on Tuesdays, um, they usually they try to work with everybody's schedule as well, but challenge yourself to join one of these subcommittees. Beth, Joe Beth is basically calling for normal citizens to get involved in the maps for budget allocation in Oklahoma City. Okay, we need real people to make sure we're voting on our tax dollars to be spent responsibly, not just for the elite, not just for Sunday outings, but for constituents in all income and in all brackets that would use the city infrastructure. Thanks for watching this episode, episode number 73. We're going to keep rolling with news. The show must go on. Thanks for your continued support. And as always, looking for property in Oklahoma City, email me at landon, L-A-N-D-O-N, at 
OKCREAL.com. I believe there's not another finer realtor than myself when you're looking to buy investment property or sell a property that you think would bring a pretty penny for yourself or maybe for another person. Let me know, guys. Message me anytime. Thanks for watching. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com.